Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Dr. Stacy Johnston, Chief Applications Officer at Baptist Health. In part two, she talks about her team's strategy when it came to following EPIC's implementation guidelines and where they strayed, the enormous responsibility leaders have to improve the experience for users, especially those experiencing fatigue, and how she hopes to leverage her experience to help advance the evolving application space. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first please listen to a word from our sponsor. Your organization doesn't compromise on patient care, so why compromise on the endpoints you deploy? iGel is the ultimate operating system for healthcare organizations using VDI, DAS, or SAS. And we're offering a free laptop on which to experience iGel's no compromise OS. Just visit iGel.com slash why compromise. I can imagine that comes with its challenges though, when you have 350 physicians and so many you know, non-physicians. I'm sure that that was probably a learning curve just as far as having that much uh, involvement. Yes, it really has been. And surprisingly, we've done this entire implementation start to finish during a time of a pandemic. And mm-hmm. prior to the pandemic, we would have had been meeting in person and probably much smaller workers. Um, and so because we have been meeting virtually um, from the beginning, our work groups could be larger. Now that, that you know, had its own set of challenges, but considering the size of our work groups, we were able to make decisions in a time frame that I was actually surprised. I thought the size of our work groups would slow us down and actually Epic even counseled us against it. But we ended up where Baptist is such a collaborative hospital and everyone wanted to participate. And my mantra was, you know, if you want to participate, let's find you a seat at the table. And um, so really, you know, we we did have much larger work groups than than was recommended, but because we are collaborative, because people were able to participate, I feel like we've had a really transparent implementation. And so everyone knew the concerns from the beginning and everyone knew our, our issues that we were tracking. But also it allowed for people to, you know, voice their opinion or say, I, you know, I agree with the build. And so I, I think it came with its challenges, but the benefits of doing it this way by far exceeded any of the challenges that we faced. Yeah. And at your previous organizations, had you worked with Epic before? No, so this was my first okay. foray into Epic. So it's funny leading up the Epic implementation when you've never used it before. Yeah, yeah, and we've heard from countless different people that they do really want you to stick to certain guidelines, or they have a specific way of doing things. So I, maybe it was a good thing that it was your first one that you didn't go in with expectations in that regard. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and. I've led other implementations, but again, at a smaller organization. Um, And so the the concepts stay the same, which is you want to lead by working with the people that use the system. So this philosophy of, you know, empowering your work groups to make decisions. You know, I know that's an epic foundational mantra, but that's good change management. That is allowing for people that use the system to make the decisions of the build and the workflows allows for better efficiencies and it allows for better sustainability and long-term adoption of the system. You know, if you have people that aren't using the system, so if you have people that are managers or directors that maybe, you know, one or two 
layers away from actually being hands on the keyboard, making the decisions for those that are actually doing the work, there's support in having managers involved, but I want to make sure that there's also the ability for those with hands on keyboards to participate. And that's, that's how we ended up doing it. We had several managers and we had several true bedside caregivers participating, but it was really about those end users making the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think that the fact that you are a practicing hospitalist does lend some credibility to the fact that, you know, you've worked with the systems and you understand them. And I would think that 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 can be a benefit. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's so important for me as someone representing the system to be able to speak to the true clinical workflows that are happening current state, you know, and understanding the angst of the providers, the caregivers, and understanding, you know, how, how stressed caregivers are today. And especially in a a pandemic slash post-pandemic state where, you know, staffing is an issue, people are fatigued. There's some articles out there about empathy fatigue or, you know, compassion fatigue, I think is what they call it. Um, So that's something that seen firsthand is working with these providers that are just so tired. And the last thing I want to add is more, more to them, you know, more, more time spent on the computer. You know, I really just, I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. Now, you know, it's not going to be, again, it's not going to be perfect, but the more time I can focus on individual workflows to understand where they're getting hung up, the more time we can making it a little bit better for each of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You touched on it a little bit, but yeah, the fact that this is, this whole project is going on during these times and, um, you know, with, with clinicians already having been through so much, it's really important that that is top of mind, um, that they know that, you know, that they know that, that you are trying to uh, make it as usable as possible for them. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And you said 24 days to go live? Yes, I know. (laughs) It is so crazy. So I'm just, my team is, they're all working so hard. And I I just, honestly, I just have the best team. Um, Everyone from the analysts to the directors that work for me and I'm so proud of them. Many of them have have never done this before. Even all of the directors, I booked them out from operations. And um, a couple came from, one of my directors came from informatics, but none of, you know, the directors were current directors over the clinical information system. So none of them were managing analysts before um, because we were very deliberate. We wanted our current directors to continue to manage the current state solutions, you know, TouchWorks and Cerner, because this was going to be two plus year project. So we needed to make sure that our current systems were working well, were being maintained, you know, the protocols were being updated, order sets continuing to be built. So, so it was an awesome opportunity for some other folks to be in the applications world. And some loved it so much, they're staying on and some realize that they've loved it for this journey and that they are definitely ready to go back to operation. So, so. right. Yeah. That's always going to be a mixed bag. I would think. Right. Exactly. Um, All of my analysts have chosen to stay. So it's very cool. I had, um, we did have one CI that wants to go back to CI, but 
every analyst that we chose from the bedside, bedside our bedside caregivers and from the revenue cycle, they're all saying. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that shows that they are certainly engaged in it and invested. So very cool. I like to think it's my warm and fuzzy stories. <laughs> well, you know what? They can't hurt, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The last thing I wanted to just touch on, though, is that in the midst of all of this, you're also board chair of IHEA. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about what made you want to get involved with that organization. Yeah. So I've always been very inwardly focused of whatever organization I've been at. So always just kind of putting back into whatever I can at the last organization. I was the CMIO. I was the medical director of the hospice program and was on the board of the um, hospital. And so coming here, you know, again, you've kind of heard I've had four jobs in three and a half years. So again, kind of growing within the organization, giving back, giving it all that I can. And so with Aaron Mary, our new CBIO coming in, he introduced me to the association, to David Finn from the association and said, you know, this is Dr. Johnson's great. She's, you know, our new chief applications officer. And he really encouraged me to also look at options for me in taking on some more outwardly facing roles, you know, and um, putting myself out there. And it was funny. So I emailed David and I said, happy to learn more about it. You know, let me know if there's anything you want me to do. I'm happy to, you know, volunteer. You know, I was thinking maybe sitting on the board. I had no idea he might be back. He's like, well, interestingly enough, our board share opportunity has come available and your background looks great because they like the intersection of applications and informatics and physician. And so I said, yeah. And um, we just had our first board meeting, um, really looking to regroup and reset and really re-engage. And, you know, applications is different now, you know, when it was first started all those years ago, you know, applications was really about implementations and standing up new EHRs, where now it's a lot more about data sharing, workflow enhancements, optimizations. And so really taking on that role into the next generation of applications. And so I'm, I'm really excited about it. They are giving me a little bit of grace to uh, go live with Epic, but after our Epic go live, we will you know, be rebranding and looking at opportunities for um, new members and, and garnering kind of a new excitement around where applications and data meet and the role of informatics in the applications as well, too. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a great opportunity. And, you know, sometimes the <laughs> timing can be tricky. But, um, you know, as you said, as long as they, they're, they're giving you what you need for this go live, it sounds like that'll be a really great chance to uh, look to collaboration like outside of, of the organization as well. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm really excited. I honestly am so honored that they considered me for this position. And I'm just excited that the remaining board members said they would be happy to serve on, um, with me. They haven't met since before the pandemic, so this was our first meeting since then. So just getting the group back together and, and getting us re, re-energized. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. No problem. Thank you so much. You take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.